0: Why does Nev um, load uneven weights in the squat bar? That was one time, Grace! It was one time! That's all it takes, Nev. It's just one time. We're moving on. I was distracted. <laughs> I was distracted by how effective my programming has been for you, Grace. And seeing your numbers fly up so much, I was like, surely, it can't be that much weight, and maybe that's why it was misloaded. Alright, sorry for making you so damn strong. But remember, Leo, I've said to you many times before, abs in a s I I am cutting that out because that was totally inappropriate. <laughs>
1: I was just gonna say, so, so inappropriate. Oh my god.
0: I might keep it in and just leap out the second half. There you go. But it's not fourteen point nine, Megan. Thank you very much. This is coming from the lady. This is coming from from Megan.
1: Well hey now, don't hey, get upset for uh, questions. I am getting upset. It's right? not fourteen point nine. Don't get upset for oh, <laughs> <look, look, laughs> Yeah, look. You hurt his feelings, Megan. Megan. You hurt his feelings.
0: So much stuff to, to talk about. Are we on? Welcome back to the Big Flex, everybody. Welcome
1: back, everybody. We are doing question time number three today. Yeah, questions and answers. This is, a good, this is a fun podcast. I really liked the last time we did. Yeah. We did this
0: one. It was good fun. We put the bat signal out to get some, uh, to get some questions, and we got quite a few. Yeah, a lot. So we're going to start going through those right now. All right? You're just going to jump straight in? you want going to jump straight in. Well, first, no. Subscribe. If you haven't done already, (laughs) subscribe. We are going up. Like and subscribe. We are uh, up to 257 subscribers. We are over a quarter of the way to 1,000, which is fantastic. Remember, at 1,000 subs, we are going to do 1,100 kilo squats between us. It's going to become a fundraiser. We're going to donate all the proceeds to a worthy cause. In addition to that... um, we almost have our first video that's going to reach the 10,000 view mark. It is a scap pull-up oh, tutorial yeah. video that seemed to go really well on the recommended on YouTube. It's went crazy. And not sure um,
1: why in comparison to all the and other it's, ones.
0: It's good. Go on, have a watch. Give it i th- – I'll actually link it. I'll link it. And then uh, go watch it and give it a thumbs up. It's actually like 250 or two hundred and twenty likes and like one thumbs down i'm like hey one thumbs and, down yeah and was i was like you it, know what be honest was it you no it wasn't me <laughs> um i can give all my videos <laughs> thumbs up and uh we're actually getting quite a few like comments in there too like hey i'm not feeling this i'm feeling that like i'm getting cracks or this and that you know should i be rotated? all these things it's great and i'm trying my best to answer them all um so that's kind of cool too and for the ten thousand. When it does tick over 10,000, it's like 8,500 now or something. When it gets over 10,000 views. 10,000 scat pull-ups? No. <laughs> 10,000 kilograms worth of chin-ups. So oh, yeah, for you at 82 is roughly like 120 and me at around 100. If I drop weight, it's going to be somewhere between like you know, 100 and 110 chin-ups for me. And we're going to film that for you for your enjoyment. Um, so that will be a fun little one for that. That will be. It'll be good fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to questions. Question time number three. Jump
1: straight in. So yeah.
0: first question first question came from Jess and it was um, how come one week I feel really strong and I get good numbers and then the next week like I don't feel strong I feel like just weaker and sometimes like my numbers go down a little bit and there are a number of reasons for that I guess the first thing you have to do is to is to all right what creates a good like positive training atmosphere like well not atmosphere like uh, an environment that's you know good to have strong gains in yeah all right one, you need to be well-rested. Two, you need to be
1: well-fueled. And three, you need to have a good positive attitude towards the lift. I think there's definitely a fourth. There's so many factors that oh, factor into yeah, yes, this. definitely factors. a fourth. If you're talking about the environment, is the actual environment itself, like the coach or the people you're training with as well and their attitude. Yep. You can you train with other people sometimes and they're just – low and mopey and it brings it down it's, yeah it's all about the, the, the mental the mental positivity it makes right. a so we can, difference yeah. yeah so so there,
0: there are a few things that you can we can break down and look at and the first thing is um and i know this for a fact because she has young um youngest child is that she doesn't get a lot of good sleep and sleep is huge for recovery and for feeling fresh right yeah so first thing you should I'm gonna get it in five hours get you eight hours all right i know it's easier said than done but aim for eight um and that's going to help a lot with feeling fresher when you get into the gym to make sure you're eating all the right foods, so that you're properly well fueled by the time you need to lift. All right, mm-hmm. and then the other thing is, um, is you know coming to the gym with a positive. She's always positive in the gym. I'm a coach. I'm positive. I like to think most of the time. So yeah. I don't think that's the issue. I think that one thing that is um, is also an issue is uh, fatigue. Right. So you got to look at fatigue management and she's training for the gpc states right now and we've had a few heavy weeks and because she's actually going away for a week and a half she's not had the regular dealer which so she's about to take a 10 day deload week or just shy of two weeks of a deload. And then she's back for one week of training and then one more deload leading into the comp. Mm. So it's a little disjointed. So we pushed out our heavy work an extra week or two. So I don't know if she means specifically the last two weeks she's been feeling pretty rough because she's still getting all time PB on deadlift this morning, yeah, all time PB on squat earlier in the week. It's her bench press last week got an all time PB this week couldn't like get up there, right? So um, so there is that cumulative fatigue factor and she has pushed out a little bit uh, longer in this you know, prep without getting the deload because she's getting a longer deload um, soon. So there are some reasons why you might feel weak. But, you know, as long as you're getting the sleep, getting the good food in, coming in with a positive attitude, ready to like really attack your session and um, and managing your fatigue, things should hopefully go in the right direction.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think exactly the same thing. Everything you touched on then was pretty much spot on. You, you have to have your head in the game, essentially. When people say have your head in the game, you're going to be doing all the right stuff. I have a really good week and I eat really well. And I go out on the weekend, drink eat some crap and then I try and come in on Monday and get a good session out and it's just going to be garbage because I've got a whole bunch of crap in my system you know I'm like tired I'm fatigued didn't sleep as well literally slower because of the alcohol all, all of that stuff factors in as well so it really just depends on yeah the, the positive attitude just goes it extends on past what you're doing specifically in the gym outside how you prepare for the gym there's there's lots of different things that factor into that hour or two that you're actually at the gym. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's actually,
0: we'll actually dive a little bit more into it, is that, you know, I was looking at fatigue because people talk about fatigue all the time, oh, I'm feeling tired and this and that. And there's, a, there's a, a few different types of fatigue. So you have like social fatigue, physical fatigue, mental fatigue, pain fatigue. That's like, you know, if you're getting a tattoo, you might be good for like, the first three hours and after that, like you just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Like you, you have a fatigue to pain as well. There's chronic illness fatigue. Um, what else we got up there? Uh, one, two, three, there's six, right? Chronic mental pain. Physical, emotional, emotional social, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, physical, we sort of touched on. Physical fatigue is probably um, physical and mental, I would say, would be the, and, and emotional for some people, but physical and mental would be the two biggest ones in the gym that you would see. And um, and physical, we got a couple of different types, right? We got what we were talking about with you, Jess, where you get like um, a peripheral fatigue, where, you know your body is just tired, like because you've been working for a long time hard. Um, and then there's also central nervous system fatigue, which is a little bit more serious. You can take a little bit more time to recover from. Um, and that's like
1: brain and spinal cord. And usually you get it when you're lifting really, really, like really heavy. So um, for example, that's doing the reason why we have structured programming and structured deloads. If you try and lift the heaviest single rep every single time you come into the gym, eventually you hit a wall, and then you'll go downhill really quickly because your body can only handle so much needs time to rest and recover the central nervous system getting fatigued you'll stop all progress and it just it takes too much of a toll on your body and central nervous system i think cns fatigue that's something that not a lot of people get to not a lot of people actually push that hard it's really quite Usually, to, it's to peripheral to. fatigue, which yeah. is
0: why a deload week really freshens people up. Yeah, yep. yeah. Central nervous system fatigue. If you really shatter yourself, it can yeah, take can sort of weeks and weeks, well. yeah, yeah, weeks and weeks to sort of recover from that. Mm. Um, but again, one of the best things for that is sleep. Yep. All right, you got to get the sleep, and also mm-hmm. you decrease your intensity a lot, and you'd get a lot of sleep and to sort of recover from those um, from the CNS um, fatigue. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then if we're talking about in-session fatigue, so like let's say you're starting strong and then like you're just fizzling out real fast, you might have like a metabolite depletion issue. So like if we're talking about your um, your creatine phosphate system, energy system, like you need to have those me- m- uh, metabolite substrates in your body to create energy. Mm. So like for example, if you are on a carbohydrate-based diet, like you're not in keto or anything, and you're um, just not eating any carbs the night before and you have nothing in the morning and your glycogen levels are starting to deplete a little bit, you don't have the substrate to produce good high energy levels for a long period of time. Yeah. So you've got to make sure you gain the right food and that's the nutrition that we're talking about as well. Yeah. So hopefully that is a nice little well-rounded information for you, Jess. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah.
1: Next question. From Kayla. Mm. Uh, when, when can I stop lunging? Never. Never, ever,
0: never, ever, ever
1: but, but why? Oh, but why, sir? But why can she never oh, okay. stop lunging? Um,
0: because she's improving. And why stop it if she's improving? No. If it ate broke, don't fix yeah. it. No, we are going to stop lunging soon, though, for, for real. <laughs> she's been working really hard on lunges. And and the, the problem that we're actually having is because the bar sits on your shoulders for twice as long as a squat, right? If you've got to yep. go eight reps each leg as opposed to just eight squats, yep. um, she's been getting, like, some upper trap issues where she's, like, really tight. And I think she's normally very tight in the traps. So we are going to um, look for some alternatives there. Basically, we were doing the lunges is because I wanted to get that unilateral leg work with you. The squats have been improving out of sight for both Kayla and Grace. We have a question from Grace a little bit later. But they've been improving out of sight from where they started, which is awesome to see. Um, but you know, just like everything, you wanna make sure that everything's nice and even and unilateral leg work like step ups, like lunges, um, Bulgarian split squats, are all fantastic, you know, it supplementary you, exercises. Helps you
1: work out all those little imbalances.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also helps with like proprioception. Like, got to get your balance right. Like, yeah. you can't, you know, squat heavy if you're falling over. And not that you, other people will fall over when they squat. Yeah, but, but it helps. If you're doing lunge work, know, yeah, that's <clears> going to help with your squat as well. Yeah. Um, but we are going to take um, some some alternative exercises soon. So so you're going to stop next week. We're going to change next week to different exercise. Cool. So I hope that helps, Kayla. Um, number three, uh, ah, Guy says. Why is everyone doing sumo for states? (laughs) Well, Well, not not everyone is doing sumo No, we have nine people lifting in states. And how many people are doing sumo? I am. One person, guy.
1: One person. This is me. So you shut your mouth, guy. No? All right. It's one person. Um, I think everyone's talking about it now because it was such a a dirty word to say sumo in this gym for such a long time. It was not a dirty word. It was a dirty word. Everyone loves to make fun of sumo and talk trash about it. Now that I'm actually doing it and a few other people because I'm, I'm doing it now I'm running a lot of my clients through it as well And Who convinced you to do it by the way? Uh, I believe that you did Yeah that's right and mm-hmm. I remember after one or two weeks you're like this is stupid I'm not doing this
0: stupid yeah, lift it's, it's terrible I was like good. just stick with it you'll and be good at So, and dancer, now he's pulling all time PBs To answer
1: Guy's question one person One person states. Which brings us to the next question which is my question why is my sumo stronger than my conventional deadlift? I'm not convinced that it is But it literally is No your sumo deadlift now is yeah.
0: stronger than your conventional was back in November. Yeah. So you've not been pushing for heavy singles or heavy doubles or triples on conventional since then. You switched over after your 1 month of volume straight into sumo for your
1: whole strength um phase. So I was, I was I'm still not doing convinced. in my volume phase I was still doing heavy triples every single week. Yes, triples. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And on the triples that I did recently they felt so much Keep easier. Keep in mind, this is still three months ago. Yeah. This
0: is still three still, months ago. Still three months So ago. what I'm, I'm saying feel is- like it feels easier to yeah, pull tough reps. Right, because you're getting stronger, which happens when you strength train consistently with good structure, right? So, so, so what I'm reason, saying is, is that okay. one, I'm not con- entirely convinced that your sumo is stronger. Um, it's feeling good, which is great. It looks solid when you do it. Um, but I would be really interested in after states um, to after, let's say you take a, a, a week off and then do just a couple weeks conventional and try to pull a really heavy conventional. I reckon it'll be pretty close.
1: I'm it'll be pretty close. I'm. I feel like I'm a lot stronger on sumo because squats, for example, right? That's been a pretty standard, consistent thing through the entire block of programming that I've been doing. My squats are only up a little bit on what they were before, so I'm not going to be getting massive increases. Like I got a 215 squat for a single. I'm not going to be smashing a 250 squat anytime soon, right? I don't think I'll be pushing that for states, but the improvement on my squats is still solid, just not that big. The improvement on my deadlifts is way bigger in comparison. But you also had a much lower starting point for the sumos.
0: So it feels astronomically bigger because you started pulling it like you know, 100,
1: 120. Well, so when you're doing a no, 220 really. for reps. My squats and deadlifts are pretty much neck and neck for a really long time. Conventionals, now, yes. Since I started doing sumo, they've jumped out in front quite a bit. Right, which is what you tend to
0: normally see. The other thing is that they might be stronger. Um, Adrian doesn't have the longest of legs, I right? Don't. Just facts here. Yep. I'm not yep. saying anything that's
1: good or bad. It's just is what it is. That's what I wanted to touch on a little bit. Is that proportion-wise... Anthropometrically, like limb length, torso length, leg length, all of that sort of stuff. How does that factor in? Yeah, it does factor in. So, <clears throat> one,
0: you're pulling the sumo... Less distance than what you would pull a conventional. Yeah. All right? You a wider
1: stance. Yeah. I don't know how much less. It was about 15, 20. I, I tried to measure it. It was quite a bit. What? The bar height? Where my hands were, I like sat up against the wall and then I conventional and like marked it out and then I got into my sumo stance and marked it out roughly where it was and it was like quite a bit less. Yeah. so you're
0: pulling the bar at less distance also we know that Adrian does have a really good squat and is very sort of leg dominant. A really good squat. Right. <laughs> is very <laughs> leg dominant and um, a sumo position you are more upright and it is probably more leg drive initially than you I mean obviously there's a lot of leg drive in a conventional too um, but I feel like there's a lot of more lower back requirement in a conventional deadlift. Um, there is still a huge amount of posterior chain mm. glutes lower back required for a sumo
1: i feel like my quads are a lot more worked and so sumo yeah sessions.
0: so they they um you know might be giving them a little bit of an edge as well um yeah I mean, we can get into like proportions and stuff like basically if you have a really long torso as well mm-hmm. like they're actually quite well suited to sumo because if a really long torso your sumo stance is more upright Not not that you have a long torso but if you do have a really long torso mm-hmm. try a sumo because if you're really um upright or much more upright in a sumo position uh if you've got this long lever between your lower back and where the bar weight is coming through as opposed to conventional if you have to stick your hips back more to be able to get down to the bar you've got a much longer lever arm so there's a lot more weight coming through your lower back so you might actually prefer to try sumo if you've got a long torso but yeah i mean like shorter legs you're pulling it less far um yeah, it would be interesting to see. But I would like you to, to try maybe to do a 1RM conventional couple of weeks after states and just see how how you can pull. Yeah. Cuz I reckon it'll be pretty heavy stuff. That'd be fun. I'd like to do that as well. Yeah. Just test it out mm-hmm. once and for all. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um Phil asks, uh, what are your expansion plans? And I can tell you why he asked this is because He doesn't want to drive to Joondalup. He would prefer me to open a gym in Osborne Park just like five (laughs) minutes away from him as opposed to 20 minutes away from him on Saturday morning. So I guess
1: when are we expanding to Osborne Park? We are not anytime soon.
0: Um, Sorry to break your heart, Phil, uh, because we're not at capacity here yet. So basically, uh, my goal before thinking about opening a second gym location would be to really optimize this place. And this building here... I think would be really perfect with the equivalent of three full-time trainers. So I myself am already maxed out. Adrian's well on his way, 80, 85% capacity. So we're, we're closing in there. Uh, we'll be looking for a third trainer soon, but basically we're going to be looking for two part-time trainers. And that way with two part-time trainers, they can um, they can you know cover shifts for Adrian and myself or each other. And it's the equivalent of three full-time people in here. And with the Extra clients that they would have, and the extra members that would be there as a result of that. I think this gym would be at capacity, and once that gym, this gym is up at a hundred percent, that's when I would be looking at expanding. Because what do you do from here? It would either be a bigger premises or a second location. Um, but you've got to keep in mind, Phil, is that even if I was to open up a second location, I wouldn't be there. I'd be here, and Adrian would be here, and we make this gym big, dog. All right.
1: So just keep coming to Up. You know you love it. Okay. I mean, you got to go. You got to do what you got to do for greatness, Phil. It's not easy. And if it's an extra 10 minutes down the freeway, it's worth it, Phil. Anything worth doing is worth fighting for, Phil. That's right. right, Phil. Don't let All your right. dreams be dreams. That's it. Other very standard inspirational quotes. Mm-hmm. All right, Insert next here. Question. <laughs> yeah. Next question. Keely asked, uh, how, and how and why do you program for clients? Uh, we had a bit of a conversation about So that why? One. Because they pay us to. Yeah, that's one good one. But she mainly asked like how do we uh, program for individual clients? So for example, Big Gav walks in the door and then young Jake walks in the door. How do we program for them separately? Um, that one all comes down to the individual, individualization. Can I so, just cut in really quickly?
0: Because I feel like this is going to go for a little while. Yeah. And I just want to quickly touch on you said Big Gavin walks in the door? Yeah. When Big Gavin first walked in the door? Yeah. All right. So... <laughs> Well, I gotta, uh, first of all, six months prior to Big Gavin walking the door we were doing a bit of strongman training and this lady walks in with a um, young child and she's like oh you know I did CrossFit down the road since then she doesn't she gave that up and now she works out full time at the Strength Institute crushing all time PB's because she's a legend like every single month. that's right yeah. Um, she's like my husband might really like this place Um, I'll you know get your info and I'll get him to come in six months later Gav was a bit slow to pull the trigger anyway he gives me a call and um, you know it's down with a very polite mild mannered you know man on the so on the, polite yeah so polite on the phone I was like oh this guy is going to come in He's going to Just your standard run of the mill. Anyways, oh, come in at this time. I said, all right, perfect. And and at that time comes, and all of a sudden, this frame, this giant refrigerator of a human being, blocks the sun as he walks through (laughs) the front door. And I had my like, uh, I had my Emperor Palpatine moment, where where I was like, think of the power, (laughs) think of the power. There's like so much pure potential from Gavin. So that was my like Gavin walking in the
1: front door moment. But please, I'm gonna reset this. Doesn't. no, but Gav, he's yeah. losing weight at the moment and he's trying to get to 130. That's him losing weight. And, but, but but not man. not
0: fat. He's big and jacked and he lifts 200 kilo bench press. He's strong. I'm going to reset this camera and uh, we're going to keep
1: talking about keelies. All right, we'll get back to the question. Yes. All right, yeah, so get back to the question. Um, How do we program and why? It just depends on the individual. It depends on the person and what they need or what they want. Um, What they need and what they want, that kind of crosses over a lot. Um, Yeah, if, for example, if someone's, coming from a very, very low base, never trained before, you start at a very, very low base and lay all the foundation down. Or if someone like Bagav walks in and he's already strong and wants to get stronger, it just comes down to the type of programming. There are lots of different styles of programming that you can do rep ranges, weights, intensities, there's, there's, it's immense. There's so much that you can do, but it really comes down to the person's individual goal. So whether they're injured and need some rehab work, they want to improve on their performance, and then you can go over performance specifics um, like mobility and um, even extra rehab work. Strength-based, uh, I've had a couple of people who have already been training and come in and just the style of programming that, that Nevin does and the way that we strength training here at the Strength Institute, to help them get pbs it it just depends specifically on what that person is looking for uh how, how do you choose yeah it's it's got
0: to be it's got to be goal-based and where they're starting from so if someone walks in the door and um has never touched the weights before and is like oh, i want to be a bodybuilder it's like okay great well i can't just you know put you on stage we've got to build that up right so <laughs> yeah. we got how do we build you up let's get some hypertrophy in you know yeah. and that's good because hypertrophy is usually lighter weights and more volume. Um, but you know what you might find is they haven't got the experience to really isolate their muscles and contract the right muscles. Mm-hmm. And so you can't just go into high volume drop sets and supersets like you've got to actually still lay a foundation
1: for them, right? So really it is client dependent. Yeah. Um, it actually comes down to the, the the crossover is what people want and what they need. A lot of people often want what they can't have right away and they need to do something first. Like Healy for example actually um, is a lot of people say I'm hyper flexible. Keely is hyper flexible. I've never seen anyone's spine bend like hers. She's had a, the the biggest issue that we've had over the last year is just generating and holding a shape to be able to lift weights. Could barely lift even like three kilo dumbbells. She was dropping on bench press to start with. Now she's she's killing it. It's been a long journey, but she wanted to be stronger to start with and just couldn't. So we had to start really really low, and it's taken a long while to work up to where she's at. And. A lot of people uh, like that, not quite like Keely, but like that, where they want something right away. But plateaus happen in all sorts of ways and areas, and the programming is to move past those plateaus. So whether you need to start and work on the foundation uh, or regress someone, someone might come in and be pretty strong, but they have bad habits or bad technique or just – They've been taught bad cues maybe. You need to bring it way back and like work on the foundations again and then go through a series of progressions. It really just depends on, yeah, where the person's at and what they need to get to the, the next stage of their programming. Yeah, 100%. And the
0: next question from Fiona actually ties into that a little bit. It's like how long is an effective peaking phase?
1: This one's an interesting one.
0: Yeah, and, and, and the, question, uh, the answer, Fiona, is uh, we already talked about this, depends.
1: Depends on what. Depends
0: on so many things. Um, It depends on the person, how old they are. Um, It depends on how experienced they are at lifting. Depends on how much they can actually lift. So there's a huge number of sort of of a lot of variables that go into it. Um, A good example of this would be uh, training elderly populations, right? So my dad's 74, turned 75. He turns 75 next year, early next year. And he's going to be competing, you know, in the powerlifting states this year. Yep. Um, next year, he's going to be trying to have a crack at potentially a world record bench press for the 75 when he turns 75, right? Yeah. Um, he fatigues incredibly quickly. He takes a long time. To, he, he, he warms up for an hour to get the body moving, right? And then uh, we get through our exercises and the sessions themselves... It might take 45 minutes because anything over 45 minutes is too draining, right? Um, most of our sessions here are 45 an hour, but people can stay back longer, right, and do mm. stuff. So let's say sessions last 45 minutes. We only will do, you know, two main exercises and maybe one supplementary exercise. Um, and And when we're doing that, we very rarely are doing like heavy singles, doubles, triples because it's too fatiguing. All right, we talked about this before. So there is no point in us doing a long peaking phase with dad because he'll just get shattered and then end up going to D and won't be able to perform at all, right? So for someone like that, and you see it a lot in like older populations and people in their 60s, 70s plus, they get fatigued quickly. Um, so you need to do a lot more sort of general strength training, a bit of hypertrophy work in there where it's a bit lighter, um, again, general strength, and then you have a short strength specific and a short peaking phase. Um, and that'll get them up. So for dad, we're probably only gonna do um, you know, a little three week peak where we're handling like the really heavy singles, um, like triples, doubles and singles uh, because anything more than that or any like, and then you'd have a deload and then compete. But we're not gonna even do like two months of that or three months of that because it's just too much. Um, you might find someone um, who is a lot, you know, let's say mid 20s or 30s they can lift a lot of weight. They have a really high capacity for workload. And yeah, you can um, really get a lot out of them like doing heavy triples and doubles and singles and overloads for four weeks or five weeks. And then when you deload them, they're just be monsters, fresh monsters, right? I've never so, done
1: a, like a peaking phase, a strength block like we did for the squat challenge. I've yes. never trained quite like that before. Yeah. And I got so much out of it. Like I said, I said before, like I was talking trash when I thought I could get to 200 and now mm-hmm. I got 215, which was huge. Right. So I, I felt like as we got and that pushed out in the reps, like I got more and
0: more right. and more out of it. And that pushed out to six weeks, but it wasn't like a true peaking phase. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing as well. When you're talking about programming, all right, well, Fiona, you, you got general strength. Um which is like your what we would call like when we're doing you know five sets of five and stuff like that. Um and then you have like strength specific, but in your general phase, you're getting lots of other exercises. So we're doing bench press, we're doing incline dumbbell bench, we're doing all the accessories, all the accessories and this and that. Then we have strength specific as we get a little closer to the comp. We might have Two barbell versions or three barbell versions of bench press. We have a bench press and a spotted bench, um, or a block bench, or whatever it might be, and we might only have one dumbbell exercise, right? And when we get to peaking. We want to be as specific as possible, so it is like just bench, you know, you know, lots of sets or um, really high intensity for low reps, leading into that competition phase. So generally, and again, this is just. It's going to be different for everyone, but anywhere between three and six weeks would be your strength specific slash peaking.
1: So then what would you say, if she says what is an effective, like how long is an effective peaking block? I would say an effective peaking block. The, the shortest, well, absolute
0: uh, shortest, absolute uh, longest. I won't, I, I won't say that. What I will say is um, an effective peaking block is one that is long enough that you are, your central nervous system is prepared to handle heavy weights Yep. And it's not lo- too long that you start to fatigue and go into detraining. Mm-hmm. It's got, and that's all you can say because I can't say one week, two weeks, three weeks. It's different for everyone. And the only way but that they're, you can... they're, they're your things. Like you have yeah. to be able to perform at the end of your peaking block. Otherwise, you've gone too far yep. or you haven't done enough. Yep. So they're the only two criteria to work within.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would totally agree. Cool. 100%. Perfect. Yeah. Um, freaking Megan. This is a fun one. So Megan says... How safe is a 14.9 kilogram cut in five weeks? Now, this is a very interesting question, Nevin. It's not that interesting. Why would Megan ask such a question, Nevin? I don't know. Because she likes to steer the old pot, Adrian. So, the reason why Megan asked this question is because Nevin is thick and decided that he didn't want to be too thick uh, and that he's going to lose weight for the GPC State Powerlifting competition. Didn't like the numbers the people in the hundreds were pulling, so he's going down to... Wasn't that... The nineties. Hold on, hold on, just, just, just right. and so he's doing a a, a healthier, a safer cut. I uh, keep in mind that when we did the squat challenge, he lost ten kilos in. It was nine point eight kilos in thirty two hours. In thirty two hours, which is insane and arguably, and I would not recommend it. Not healthy at all. And now he's doing a safer cut and only losing 14.9 kilos in five weeks. It's water. not 14.9. This is, all right, let me
0: clear up some <laughs> misconceptions here, guys. First thing, I'm not running from the 100 kilo weight class. What was happening is I, had decided, is just too I hadn't it's decided too whether I was doing 90 or 100. So I registered at 100 uh, and I was going to see what my body weight was doing as I was floating around the 100 kilo mark at the time. All right. Um, strength was going up. It was great. My training was really focused, but I was eating junk and I was like, you know, I just, I'm not driven to like eat well. So I know I can just stay at around this hundred mark. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to force myself to be better. I'm going to go down to the 90 kilo weight class. All right. So that's why I did it. Right. So here's the question also, I want to know. Also, how much? No, let you? me, hey, let me finish my story. Okay. All right. All right. The other thing that was in the, taking into consideration was the, um, is I've mentioned this before on podcasts is that I'm a competitive person and yeah. I want to go out there and compete and do well. And to... To be totally honest, in our 100 kilo weight class, I was looking at the numbers, I'd be right in the middle. And it was huge, it's like to over 20 people in the 100 kilo, it's the biggest one on the day, and I'd be in the middle. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being in the middle or being last or whatever, as long as you're working hard and you're getting good numbers, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But me going into the 100 kilo weight class, chunky, it's like I'm doing myself a disservice because I know I can be a lean one, a, a lean ninety. If I want to be a lean one hundred, that's fine. But I'm not going to be able to get there by the time states comes around. So I was like, all right, I'd rather lose a bit of fat, be a lean ninety, and do my best there. Also, in the ninety kilo weight class, I've got a much better chance of finishing top three, top four, top five. Right? Is there's? I feel um, I would be more competitive there, and I'm not doing myself a, a in, like disservice by being just carrying extra eight kilos of fat so um so yeah that's why i decided to go down to 90 and right. it was not it was not a 14.9 kilo weight how cut. how much
1: was it so how much are you actually losing and in how many weeks
0: i started my weight cut be honest now five weeks out yeah okay
1: and it was not 14.9 kilos all right but how much was it come yeah, on be honest it's not that much how much was it it's not that much are we gonna play this okay was it 10 kilos no. Was it 11 kilos? No,
0: you went the wrong direction. Was
1: it 12 kilos? In the
0: wrong direction. How many kilos was it then? I, let me just say this. <laughs> just answer the question.
1: I will say this. How it best?
0: was not 14.9 kilos. Oh, 9 kilos? Anyhow, I'm doing it a much better weight. Why so are you so I'm, I'm going t- to I'm going to tell you question. this is that is that my body weight will be within <laughs> 3 or 4 kilos of 90 uh in the last week. Okay. That's a very small water cut then cool. to, to Interesting. do. So, so how much, much safer way? are you
1: losing in the five <laughs> you know, weeks? No, it
0: was about 10 kilos. I'm like okay. weighing about a hundred and these guys are like, you're looking thick, you're like 105. Right. Like I'm not 105, I'm a hundred. So but, but I'm less than that now. I did my first week of carnivore, right? Yeah. So I was like, all right, how am I going to lose weight five weeks, right? Um, I've increased my activity a little bit. So I'm making sure I get 12,000 steps a day, every day. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen last night, went out for Easter dinner, <laughs> ate a heap of food. Yeah. But <laughs> apart from that setback, 12K steps every day, yep. all right? So my activity levels are up. Do all your gym sessions. I'm doing that anyway, right? So I'm doing my gym. I'm doing my activity levels are increased. I am watching my food. So I am at a deficit, mm-hmm. right? I'm not at a gigantor deficit um, compared to what I would normally eat. It is increased because of the extra activity, Yep. right? But I'm not starving myself. Like I'm not like, you know, still on ration-sized food. Improvements for steps. Yeah, I'm yeah. still getting a good amount of food mm-hmm. in. It is just uh, a deficit because I'm doing extra activity, right? Also, what is another good way to drop weight? If you go on a ketogenic diet, like a carnivore diet, where you're eating just meats and fats, you will drop and deplete all of your muscle glycogen and all the water weight that is retained by that muscle glycogen, which it can be several kilos. Now, this is not fat mass. I'm not claiming that I'm going to drop several kilos of fat mass. But this is one week of carnivore in. Um, I'm going to be weighing in on Monday and I actually think I'm going to be down probably about three, three and a half kilos in just one week just from the carbohydrates and water retention and maybe a couple hundred grams of fat burn, right? So um, I'm well on the way, feeling confident,
1: feeling comfortable, comfortable in my body. I think that's the answer there. Is it safe to cut a lot of weight? So let's say 10 to 15 kilos. Uh, Is it safe to cut that much in five weeks? If you're doing it properly, if you're still eating well, like it's performance-based, it's not starving, it's not not eating and doing a buttload of exercise and losing. You can lose weight, a lot of weight, and quickly. It would be unsafe and unhealthy, but you can also you can also do it safely. But let's just let's just say this, yeah. And and fourteen point line in five
0: weeks, yeah, that's five. uh, Three kilos a week, right? Basically, which is a lot. So I would not recommend doing doing that. That's not what I'm planning on doing. Really, it was a ten kilo cut in five weeks. So we're looking at with two a kilos a week kilo with a water cut it. at the bottom of that. And again, it's not a giant water weight cut either. So if you're looking at most fat loss guides, they say you should you can very comfortably and very safely lose up to a uh, up to you know one uh, percent of your body weight per week. Um, safely, so I'm 100. That's a kilo a week, um, very safely. So if I lose 1.2 a week and get down to 93, 94, and do a small water cut, I'm feeling very confident in that. Okay, again, I'm not a doctor. If you want to do a weight cut, go seek proper medical advice. Don't just listen to us. Yeah. Okay. Yep. There you go. But it's not 14.9, Megan. Thank you very much. This is coming from the lady. This is coming from from Megan.
1: Well Who, now, hey now don't hey, get upset if, uh for questions. I am getting upset, because right? I'm not 14 don't, but not like,
0: upset oh, look, <laughs> look, for a question. Yeah, look You heard his feelings, Megan. Megan. You heard his feelings. Is that is that Megan for like the last Four comps she's gone in she's like oh yeah i'm really on weight i'm like i'm focusing well like everything is good and then like two weeks before she's like oh i'm like three kilos overweight i'm like you told me you're good she's like i wasn't checking so, so then we had to like stress her. she assures me she's under like underway for this uh, she's competing in two weeks time at the uh, at the wa strongest woman competition and she assures me she's sitting like half a kilo or a kilo under her weight which is uh which is good i guess so thanks a lot megan All Good question. Right, Next
1: question. Uh-huh. So now we've got... Uh, Grace. Grace, you, you take this. Go Grace on. is
0: also trying to troll me. This is back-to-back <laughs> trolling. She goes, why does Nev um, load uneven weights in the squat bar? That was one time, Grace. It was one time. It's all it takes, Nev. It's just one time. We're moving on. I was distracted. <laughs> I was distracted by how effective my programming has been for you, Grace, and seeing your numbers fly up so much, I was like, surely it can't be that much weight, and maybe that's why it was misloaded. All right? Sorry for making you so damn strong.
1: To be fair, that... That never happens what that you do that i don't misload like weights almost ever and right. on top of that it all always catches me misloading weights as well that's right and then miscounting them and then just lying to his clients like yeah that's hey, 200 it's hey, like 220 on if there if i'm like- lying to them and they're stronger then everybody wins <laughs> right, <Okay>? right. <laughs> it's the placebo effect uh-huh. right? Yeah. all right then next up we've got laurie Lori. Lori. yeah laurie your writing is terrible it really is i was uh, yeah were you rush. amazed and delighted with that shirt? Yeah. Yes. I do know where you got
0: this. I'm going to put a photo up right Can here. Can you put a photo?
1: It was a great shirt. It's I did not expect shirt. that when he came in this morning. It yeah. was great. Yeah. yeah, It was really good.
0: Um, yes, I was both surprised and delighted um, with that shirt. 100%. So, yeah,
1: I am. Yeah. It's good. Maybe you could get an everyone one and... So he's never gonna I'm like going to look like i do that, one because
0: when I get to 90, I'm going to be shred city, all right? <laughs> sure. You, you could bring out laundry on my abs, right? You could grate cheese on these bad boys. Why would you though? That sounds gross. It sounds unhygienic, like, but, but you could do it. You could do it. I would want to. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, reset. Reset. Okay. All right. So the next question is actually from Karen. And it is a complicated question. I jumped onto Google Scholar straight away and tried to find some um, articles that could cue me, cue me up. And basically it was – um. You know, how do antidepressants, because a lot of people are on antidepressants, right? Um, how do they affect your training? Because they can they can definitely, and it's been shown, you know, increase body weight, right? Yep. People seem to increase their body weight when they're on antidepressants quite a lot. Um, does it affect, so that's obviously affecting their like metabolism yep. um, or some sort of, you know, physiological effects. And does it also negatively affect like strength gain? Um, you know, what what's the deal with that? So I had a quick look on, and there's a lot of stuff out there, and a lot of it is sort of like, oh, you know, we couldn't we couldn't get the controls for this and we couldn't get good this and we couldn't, you know, so I was like, ah, it's
1: kind of hard to see. But it's hard to do studies accurately like that where they basically they ask a series of questions, like if you're on antidepressants, then then go do this X, Y, Z. But it's really hard to control what people also eat on top of that if they look after themselves, if they're taking the medication regularly, if they're drinking, if they're, there's all this other stuff. So it's really just like do take antidepressants. Do you train, and there's just a whole bunch of other information that is really hard to keep accurate to make the studies accurate, yeah yeah, um and so basically the papers that I found they 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 were quite
0: consistent in saying yeah, they, that antidepressants are usually followed with weight gain, okay, um and there was a whole bunch of reasons why that was it there's issues with like um with like glucose regulation and and like receptors being turned on and off and Mm -hmm. they talk about how it affects like different hormones and like leptin and ghrelin and all this sort of stuff, like your hunger hormones and a lot of it is above my pay grade so I can't really comment but yeah, so basically it looks like a lot of antidepressants do cause or induce weight gain, Mm -hmm. all right? Um, The best way to fight weight gain is one, to make sure you're eating healthily. Right, and two is to increase your activity levels. Yeah. Right. So we know that that works. Okay. Now, if someone is like training and eating pretty well, and they're not losing weight, well, that means they're not at a calorie deficit. Because we know to lose weight, you have to be at a calorie deficit. Yep. Right. So if you are not eating a heap of food and you're eating pretty healthily, and you are working out, and you're not dropping weight, and you're on you know medication. It has done something probably to your metabolism, right? So again, at this point, you'd really need to talk with your doctor, with a nutritionist to find the best pathway forward um, uh, on what that would be to to get into a deficit or to overcome those physiological effects from the medication, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, In terms of how does it affect your strength gains, um, I personally have trained people that are on antidepressants that have gotten quite strong. So I don't think that strength gains, at least in my experience, anecdotally, not anecdotally, like I've seen the strength go up. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess me saying it is anecdotally, but but yeah. um, uh, I've seen people that are on medication like that um, actually have really good strength gains. Um, it, so I feel like that's not an issue. Yeah. Um, one thing that can affect strength and that can affect metabolism is like stress, sleep, right? Yeah. These sort of things. Um, some of the papers that I found did say that sleep was an issue on some of the medications. And, and again, it's a spectrum guys, because if some um, antidepressants are like quite sedative. So they actually improve your sleep because you're knocked out. Some antidepressants, they really mess with your REM cycle. So those people get poor sleep. So again, it depends on yeah. what medication you're on. Again, this is something that you need to suss out with your doctors um, to make sure that you're getting the best medication for you to help with recovery, things like that.
1: That goes back to the question that we answered before about just general fatigue. So regardless of what you're doing in the gym, if you're just not sleeping for whatever reason, then you're just not gonna get good results, really. It plays a really good part in, a really important part in how you recover and then how well you do. 100%, you have to sleep. Um,
0: The other paper that I found, so there's three papers. The third paper that I found was, it was looking at older populations. So again, it was was over 60, it was 60s, 70s and 80s. Um, uh, Older people with depression, on antidepressants, and they did a 10-week training program. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did it based off what's called a geriatric depression score. And I'm pretty sure that's just like a questionnaire, like a yes, no, yeah. are you this, that, right? Um, and they, they they go through that. Um, and the training group, so they had a control group that didn't train, they had a training group. A few people from the training group after the training program self-reported on the geriatric depression score that they felt better. They had a decrease in depression symptoms, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I guess you can train on them as long as you've been given the okay. Um, they can mess with your metabolism a little bit. It doesn't seem that they would mess too much with your ability to get stronger. As long as you're training hard, try your best to get good sleep, get good nutrition, and, um, and hope that everything works out there. Okay. Cool. Perfect, that's uh, that's all I could do, do on that one. Yeah, Yeah. interesting. I nice actually one. don't know that much about... Yeah, CFA exactly. And so that's why I kept... presence and strength. Prefacing it, it with the saying, talk to your doctor because... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. um You know, if you're playing with medications and this and that, that's well
1: over both of our pay grades. If you're <laughs> unsure, it's just always better to double check with your doctor. 100%. All right. All right. And then next, Kobe. Kobe! What questions did Kobe ask? Kobe I mean, beef. Wants you
0: as well. Um, well, no, he asked here... Uh, yeah, so I just shorthanded it on the board there. He basically asked... At what point does max strength um, have – I'm going to pull up this. I'm going to read it word because I can't remember with my shorthand. It's not <laughs> I know, that and it's, good. And your
1: writing is just terrible. No, there's, there's th- nothing wrong with the writing. I sat read and writing. through all the questions earlier, and I could read like every third word. So bad. Kobe asked, is there and
0: what is the point in which max strength, and his example was like a 1RM bench, stop benefiting endurance, so like max push-ups? All right, and this is interesting, it is a good question, because I feel like it's not as clean cut as that example, right? So like, for example, a a good example could be like, all right, we know that um, endurance athletes like runners, marathon runners, improve economy if they have a stronger power to weight ratio. So if you get them squatting more, they don't put on a lot of weight, like body weight, but their legs are stronger, they can run better for a longer distance, right? So we know that there's a great crossover there of course there's gonna be a point of diminishing returns. Like if a marathon runner is squ- squatting a one times body weight, and he then goes to a 1.5 times body weight, he's not going to improve inc- his, his endurance run by 50%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not gonna run the marathon in
1: half the time, right? So there, there's a diminishing ret- returns, but there is benefit to it, yeah. right? Diminishing returns and then you would get to a point where a marathon runner squatting three times body weight Central nervous system would be zapped. There's no point in pushing That's it that hard. Then the run would actually be worse. Co- correct. You get to the point where you'd have to focus so much on getting stronger
0: to actually get you know up to a two times, two and a half times, three times body It'll weight squat, from the other and it would take away from the running training. Right? Um, if you're using a bench press into a max push-ups competition, again, it's hard because a max push ups is really not endurance. It's you're, you're it's anaerobic it's because what's going to happen is yeah. you're going to you're going to burn out of like your. Yeah, phosphate how, creating system and how yeah. long
1: do you think that you could do push-ups for in a row? If you started now, how many reps do you think you could get? That's 30 seconds, maybe a minute worth of push-ups. you wouldn't really be there for that long, right? That's all anaerobic.
0: Yeah, yeah. so I mean, there's obviously a small aerobic um, component you'd be breathing heavily by the end, but you know again, you'd be using a lot of your anaerobic system. So um, first of all, Kobe, sort out your sort out your examples, all right <laughs> um, But I think if you want to use that example, um, it would come down to work capacity, right? So if you had a massive one RM, like let's say
1: your let's body say, weight, let's
0: say you're a hundred kilos and you could bench 200 kilos. Okay. It would be hugely beneficial to do max push-ups. Because you're talking about a short period of time, so let's say 30 seconds to a minute, right? Mm-hmm. Where you are just blitzing out and you're not even using the whole body weight when you do a push-up, no. right? So if you're then versing someone that is 100 kilos, they can only bench press 100 kilos, right? The one-to-one as opposed to a two-to-one, that person would get destroyed by the person yeah. that's benching more. Um, as,
1: as always, two people with the same skill level, the stronger person will just win. Usually always wins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah unless a wizard like, does something. Something magical. I watched that
1: movie, movie forty-three. Oh yeah. It's like
0: you saw bought beans from a homeless man. He was a wizard, he was Neil. A wizard. He was a wizard. Some people are just
1: gifted. Yeah. Um yeah, but let's not talk about those Yeah.
0: People. So I would say, I would say it's kind of hard to say because it's gonna be on a on a it's gonna be on a curving scale, yeah. um, Kobe, is that yes, one RM strength is fantastic. It's really important for endurance. I think it depends um, on but what the,
1: type of endurance. It depends sport on what the doing. event is. Yeah.
0: It also there will be diminishing effects after a while, but diminishing returns after a while. And if you go too far, there will even be detrimental effects, right? So that's the best we can answer that one, Kobe. Yeah. Perfect. Always, that's a
1: cool question, though. I like it. And I hate to say it. Strength is absolute. Strength If is you're absolute. stronger, you're usually just better off. <sighs> oh, oh that's it. good. All right. Uh, anyways before uh, his head gets so big that it pops
0: uh gav asked a really interesting question i actually um we're not going to answer that question sorry everyone why not because i talked to gav it's actually it's too big a question i want to do a whole podcast devoted to recovery methods and how effective they okay. are well because there's so much was,
1: yeah how and why do you guys recover like what do you do for recovery and how do you do and it what's and- effective
0: and you know different different tactics and methods. Yeah. And there's actually a huge amount of them. So I said, do you mind if we do this in a whole separate podcast? Um, okay. and, and he's like, no, that'd be great because awesome. there's a heap of recovery methods and everything from like, again, we talked about it, sleep, um, supplementation, like nutrition. Um, uh, deloads in training so programs. and then there's a whole, like a whole separate one yeah and then yeah. there's like a whole like active methods like active recovery cold water immersion like hot you know uh,
1: heat shock therapy like there's so much stuff we can talk about so we're going to talk about that in a different podcast awesome awesome that'll nice. be interesting to go over actually because I've been in different weight classes with different types of nutrition and getting different types of, like, massage and all sorts of stuff. So that would be actually interesting to go anecdotally versus some science. As That's well. right. Um, and the last questions are actually a 3
0: a peak question from, from, Leo. from Leo.
1: These are from the eight that he asked. We had to take out the ones that weren't, uh, the ones that were PG. The R-rated ones had to go, yeah. Leo. Um, how dare you. Uh, but, yes, he has how three how questions. How dare you. Uh, do you have the button ready? No, no, no.
0: Put it in. Okay. Yeah.
1: How do you get an eight-pack? Question number one. Hey, Nevin, how do you get an APAC? Get less fat. Yeah, but you can't just get less fat. you got to train your abs and get leaner. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to go with the, the whole, I know exactly what you're thinking as well. Uh, y- it's easy to just drop your body fat, but if you don't train weights, and if it, it's like, a, let's say a runner, for example. Mm-hmm. You had a runner, yeah. someone who starts off and they have an excess of body fat, and then they just run all day, every day to lose their weight. Yeah. They will look very much the same but just thinner. You get lean even, but unless you have the muscle mass, the chest, the abs, waist, legs, a- unless you have the muscle mass underneath all of that body fat, you just won't look correct. great. Really? Yeah. You need the physique. You need to train your body and then get lean. 100%. Now here's the thing though. Everyone has the muscles, mm-hmm.
0: right? Everyone has the muscles. So, you have to be at a leanness level where you don't have adipose tissue, so that surface fat hiding the muscles, right? Mm-hmm. So that's step one yep. is to get leaner, right? Step two is you need to get those muscles bigger, hypertrophy, get some hypertrophy, there, so you need to train. Now, obviously, when you're doing a lot of squatting, you're getting good core bracing mm-hmm. strength. The six-pack, eight-pack muscles, they're your rectus abdominis. They're the front ones. They're your crunching muscles. So
1: Let's just talk about that real quick,
0: yeah. first of all. I just
1: want to interject here. Mm-hmm. How do you get an eight-pack? Squat and deadlift. Yeah. What do you do for abs, Adrian? I I got my body fat down for a little bit, but between like six and ten percent body fat, you have you will have have abs. abs, You will have abs. Absolutely. What do I do for abs? A squat and a deadlift. People are oh, you don't get a strong core. Yes, you do. If you're squatting two hundred kilos with the freaking bar on your back, so that that bar doesn't crush and kill you, you have to have a strong core. Lift heavy weights. That's what you should do for your abs. Learn how
0: to brace properly. Lift heavy weights. And if you want to do a couple of little crunches on the side, I suppose it's not gonna hurt get that rectus abdominis yeah. popping out a little uh, bit yeah, more. Exactly. Right? But remember, Leo, I've said to you many times before, abs in a I am cutting that out because that was totally
1: inappropriate. <laughs> I was just gonna say, so- Inappropriate. Oh my god.
0: I might keep it in and just bleep out the second half. But yeah.
1: Well, oh, it depends on how you want to go with it. I don't know.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see.
1: But remember, <laughs> I, we'll see how that goes. Sure. All right. So, on to the next question: uh-huh. Are protein or supplements really that necessary for training and muscle development? And we've actually answered this not once but twice now,
0: Leo. Yeah. Thanks for listening and paying attention. But what
1: he said was, he knows that they they work and they're effective. But he said for muscle development, almost specifically for like, training, are they muscle. are they that necessary? Do yeah. you need them? So here's the deal, and this is what I'm gonna say: it is
0: person dependent. For you, Leo, who doesn't eat enough food, yes, right. This I've been telling him, Leo's been great. He's been getting stronger ever since he started training. He's been here what maybe three or four months now, four months maybe. He's been getting stronger and stronger. It's fantastic to see, but he doesn't eat enough food. And he's, he's lean, but and he's getting stronger. But he's like, He would get so much stronger if he ate more. I'm like, double your calories, man. You're not going to get fat. He's, he's young. He's like 18. He burns through his calories. No problem. Like, double down. Eat as much as you can. You will get the strength gains. Like You have all these gains waiting for you. It's like, what's that movie? It's like, um, uh, Troy, I'm just going on referencing – mayhem today when uh when brad pitt's like immortality it's there it's yours
1: take it right <laughs> take it's like like street gangs they're there leo go eat some food and the more the more food you eat the more muscle you put on the more things you have in your body to burn body fat so it's it's kind of like a linear progression you won't just a all of a sudden loop you won't just all of a sudden get fat eat more build more muscle burn more fat right it's that easy and you're so young that's right you can just eat Whatever the hell you want, but as much as you want, and just stay lean. Right. but if Leo refuses
0: to eat all the steak and all the pizzas and everything and anything that he can want to eat, in lieu then of that, at least just smash some protein powder and yogurt and fruit in there so that you
1: get a high calorie drink. It. Even weight gain supplements, even weight gain supplements, they're just chocked full of like pre digested glucose, just just calories. If you can't eat enough food, but you can drink a shake, just. The more things you put in your body that will help you put on weight, if you're talking about strength, absolutely it will help. Yeah. But for the most part, if you have a good,
0: wholesome diet, you don't need right. And again, extra. we're talking about those one percenters. So like if you're looking at all the guys on stage at Mr. Olympia, yeah, they all take supplements, every single one of them. It's, super, it's super important. Yeah. Uh, Leo, you're not competing for Mr. Olympia. You're not trying to break a world record in powerlifting. So- Are they super important for you? No, but they might help to get you some extra calories in, which will improve your performance. So it's really a cost benefit, uh, you know, a cost, yeah, benefit way off really is the cost of buying the supplements um, with the cost, with what you're going to get in return, which is going to be stronger, right? And again, for you, just eat more food. So, yes, somewhat important.
1: Depends. (laughs) Depends. Um, All right. And then.
0: The last one. Again, Leo. Yeah. Yeah. Bar leaving legs, deadlift. Yes. This because, one I wasn't too sure. Yeah, because basically Leo has been training and to start him off, I got him squatting, but I just put him on the hex bar, the trap bar deadlift. Yep. Um, just because it's a really great tool for people that are learning how to deadlift and hold a shape. And now so he's you actually... you just switched him to... Yes, I just switched him to conventional this week. So um, basically we put that good... Good work in in like learning how to hold your shape, keep tension, and his strength went up quite a bit. You know, he was struggling to get 65 when he first started. He's doing 150 when he finished, right? So yeah. strength's gone up fantastic. All right, you can you can squat a reasonable amount. You can um, hex uh, trap bar really well. Uh, we'll get you onto conventional deadlifts now. Um, and so we did that, and what we found was we started quite light, and just to make sure we got the technique right. Cause it is different, right? The weights in front of you now, as opposed to your hands being on the side. So, um, what tends to happen is if you can't hold your shape and can't engage certain muscles, which we're going to talk about in a second, is that that bar drifts away from you. And as we all know, people that have deadlifted, when that bar drifts away from you, it gets exponentially harder to finish that lift. It's
1: Biomechanics and lever systems, every, the path of least resistance is straight up and down. If you let the bar drift away from you, every centimeter that bar drifts away, it gets heavier. Right. Literally. It it literally gets heavier heavier because it's a further distance
0: from the pivot point, which is your lower back. It's called a lever arm. So if the weight is here and your lower back is here, this is your lever arm. If you're not watching on YouTube, switch across. You see my hands here. Um, But if the bar drifts away, that lever arm is further. There's more weight in your lower back. It's much harder. So um, the best way to get stop the bar from uh, leaving your legs is to switch your lats on and pull that bar back into your legs, which we're gonna talk about. There's a little bit of external rotation through the rotator cuffs in the shoulders, and we're gonna to try to squeeze the lats. We're puffing the chest up, engaging your back. You're also using your middle traps, using a little bit of rhomboids to pull that bar back into your body.
1: So is he asking, why the bar has to stay on your I think legs? He's saying,
0: um, how do you stop it from leaving your legs? How do you stop it from leaving your legs? Yes, yeah. but that, but yeah, that is why. Because the weight's in front of you. Mm-hmm. So why it's leaving your legs is because you're not bracing in a correct position and using those muscles to hold everything tight. Is probably your hips are rising a little bit first. Mm-hmm. If your hips rise first and you're not bracing, that bar is just gonna whoosh, float away from you. So, like that.
1: Biomechanics. mechanics. Go on.
0: So we're going to talk about that a bit more in training session, but uh, Leo. Bracing, but basically, things. yeah, we've got to work on your breathing, bracing. We've got to work on engaging the correct muscles through your back and shoulders to keep that bar in nice and tight. Yes. Um, but it will get there. And you'll be getting
1: some big deadlifts soon, I'm sure. As long as you eat
0: enough. That's it. Eat more food. Eat everything, Leo. You can eat so much food right now that's just right. jealous
1: because he has to lose so much weight
0: I'm still eating food it's all good anyhow guys <laughs> that is question time number three I hope you all enjoyed it please leave us uh, a like subscribe share tell us to. and you know what how you doing ladies we have more lady listeners now but I'm checking the analytics we're up from 2.3% to 3% ladies oh, well, that's like at least 1.2 women Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so make sure you like and all subscribe.
1: it, subscribe uh, and we really do enjoy these Q&A podcasts so Leave us a whole bunch of comments. Tell us what you want us to answer in the next in the next Q&A podcast. And if we get enough questions, we'll do these more often. Absolutely. Which I would like
0: to do. I really like yeah, them. Yeah, they are fun. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. that's good, guys. We'll see you next time. Um, catch you all later.
1: Happy Easter, everybody. Happy, happy Easter. And we'll see you next time cool. on The Big Flex. Adios.